Welcome to the No-Till Farmer Podcast, brought to you by Source by Sound Agriculture. I'm Michaela Pauchner, Managing Editor at No-Till Farmer. In today's episode of the podcast, we're bringing you No-Till legend Marion Calmer's 2023 National No-Tillage Conference presentation about top tips for setting your combine for a stellar soybean harvest. The Illinois no-tiller and equipment designer tackles some of the most common problems that no-tillers encounter when harvesting soybeans. I'm Marion Kalmer. I'm a fourth generation farmer and I am the founder of Kalmer's Ag Research Center back in 1985. And uh, I invented uh, my first uh, invention. I was uh, in my late 30s, uh, the 15 inch corn head, the 12 inch corn head, also invented the BT chopper. And then I left Deer and Case and then founded uh, Calmer Cornheads, where we now sell combine upgrade parts, uh, cornhead upgrade parts, and we build some of the largest cornheads in the world. And uh, they've got one now, I think that they're building, it's either 18 or 19 inches uh, row spacing, and it's 45 foot wide. So it's, it's gonna be a real monster. Uh, on the west side of Illinois, it's pretty good ground, it's silty loam, so we have a lot of marillonite clay, uh, great water holding capabilities, very productive soils. So when I was about eight years old, my mom said, uh, we're gonna take lunch out to dad. So we got in the station wagon with some sandwiches and some cold tea, and I saw my very first combine run in the field. And that combine was one of the first self-propelled combines built in the world. And uh, it's a 123. What's interesting is it has duels. <laughs> and this is like an eight foot platform. Um, it's self-propelled. Dad's up there, a little dusty. And this is where they suck the air for the um, thing. So my uh, grandfather, my ancestors came from Sweden and they were blacksmiths. And luckily some of that is transmitted on down to me. On my mother's side, they also were innovators and they had a corn sheller and they would go from farm to farm. In the old days, we used to pick it in the ear and then somebody would show up with a corn sheller. So I had this on both sides of my family, this innovativeness, this harvesting, all those kind of things. So combines today still have grain tanks. They all unload on the left-hand side. You get in the cab on the left-hand. So those some of the, now we were very innovative. We had an auger wagon back then, 50, 50 years ago. Yeah, we were big time. We were big time stuff. And little did I realize that 60 some years later uh, that I would be harvesting and then I would have a lot of combines in my test fleet. So I don't need all of these combines to harvest like a couple thousand acres, but we're testing them. I've got employees that run different colors of combines, different models of combines. And so there's about six or seven guys that are on my design team. They're all farmers. And we run all this stuff every year. Some of the green guys run the red stuff, the red guys run the green stuff. And so we're taking what we learned from those combines and we blend it together to try to build a really, a really good machine. So this one here, it's a 2188, and we've got it converted over and we cut soybeans only with it. So 25 years ago, then it, it had an auger fed uh, platform on it. And then this is a 2577, still the same base machine it's just newer, got a chip in it, but we've got this one, we're shelling corn only uh, with this one. Uh, this is the S680, uh, this is a 40 foot draper. 
and we also have a 12-row corn head. So this machine, uh, during harvest, it does switch back and forth from corn to beans, and that's important because most all of you are switching back and forth. Um, this one here is the 9120. Uh, it's got a 12-row folding head on it, and all we do with this one right now is uh, shell corn with it. So what we're going to try to do is teach the train of thought, regardless of the color of your combine. And the, the big thing to remember a phrase, one size does not fit all. If you think about it, when you're planting corn and beans, when you switch crops, you also switch the plate that's in the meter, correct? When we harvest, is anybody teaching us to change the size of the openings? And the answer is no. And that's why we all struggle. I'm, I'm in that group. And so you're chasing those settings from top to bottom, from left to right, and you go home more pissed off than you were when you got in the combine in the morning. And so we're going to tell you why that happens. Um, we've, we've been developing parts to, to make them work better. And then one day last fall on the phone, I was telling a farmer what I had done to make my red one work. And he said, well, gosh, Mary, and he said, why don't you just make a kit? And I can buy the kit. And so that's what we've done now is we have some inserts. And it's just a real easy switch from, from corn to beans. And we can also talk about swapping out concaves as, as well. So, and the other question you're going to ask me, which is the best combine? <laughs> Sadly enough, I'm going to tell you, uh, they go from old to newer. And as they get newer, they are not as good as the older ones. <laughs> That's no surprise, was it? Okay. All right. The other thing I want to tell you is I get a lot of calls at harvest time. And the farmer says, Marion, uh, you got to help. Dad's always run the combine. And last winter, Dad took ill, and he's no longer with us. And I'm in the combine cab, and I need somebody to walk me through this. How do I set the combine? How do I get started? And I get at least two or three of those calls every year. So please take time to teach your children uh, how to run the combine, how to set the combine. There's combine drivers, and there's combine operators. So take time to teach your children uh, how to run. And she, my daughter, she actually thinks she's better at it than I am. Talk about Draper, uh, we run them both. We've got an auger fed uh, and we've got a, a Draper on the S680. Um, we certainly prefer the Draper. I, I can't imagine um, buying a brand new green platform and it, it, w it would definitely be a Draper. The other thing that's important, um, this one uh, has a hydraulic cylinder right in here. So we can tilt it back at night when they get a little damp or we can tip it forward if they're a little dry. Uh, the newer green combines, of course, that's right in the cab to adjust the faceplate. Um, the other thing I can tell you, we, we run the 40-footer and the 30-footer side by side all day. And when it starts getting damp at night, my auger-fed platform, I'm, I'm going to have to pull out of the field quicker. And then the, the John Deere with the Draper, they, they can continue to run through the evening, so they go a little longer than we do. Um, the other thing is about the width of the sickle. And I learned this years ago because we used to have two combines. One of them was an old gasser 715. And if any of you have been down Interstate 74 going north of Peoria, you see that little combine sitting out along the interstate. That's the combine that I started with back when I'm right out of college. And it's got our first 15-inch corn head sitting on the front of it. And it makes a great yard ornament out there. So 
that combine had the quick cut, which was inch and a half cut. And then we got another combine uh, that had a three inch cut. And this one here is a three inch cut. And we were running those two combines side by side in the field without question. The three inch cut was much cleaner uh, than the inch and a half. Now we run this three inch cut against the deer two inch cut. Without question, the three inch cut is much cleaner. So <laughs> if you're a no-teller, some of these should still be sticking up out there when you're cutting beans, right? And they've got brace roots on them. And you get your tape measure out and, and it's from here to here, it's three inches wide. And so you've got to leave enough gap that when you're going along that that sickle slides over and it's called sickle register where the sickle should stop right underneath the snake head and then this is gonna go in the slot and then the sickle's gonna travel back and cut it off. If this bridges between the two snake heads is what's happening in a two inch cut and it bridges, then it will push forward and it will push the soybean forward and then you'll get a ragged looking cut. So I, I, my humble opinion, there are, um, there are companies out there that sell a three inch cut sickle snakehead combination to upgrade a deer draper. We haven't got it put on yet, but that's one of our things we wanna do this winter. We can go longer at night with it, um, but boy, it's, it's ragged looking. So our header loss is higher. It's not because of the draper, it's because of the sickle. And, and you can, and sometimes you don't notice it the day you cut, but like a week later, you'll see the sprigs coming back up. How do you determine when we should replace the guards? So we, we can all spot it on the sickle. And I, I'm just about to the point where we just about stick a new sickle in every year. Cause that, and those green stem beans, they're, they're large in diameter and they're, they're tough. Now the, the snakeheads, when you look at the edge of that snakehead right here, it, it should have a sharp edge. And then once it starts to round and it becomes a little bit dull, then you need to replace the snakeheads as, as well. The other thing is, is the hold down clips. We want to push that sickle down because we want, we want a sharp edge against a sharp edge. If there's an air gap between the two of them, that'll up the horsepower. And of course on the draper head, we've got center drive and, and we have pulled that, we've literally pulled that sickle into two pieces on several occasions. So uh, we're all combining green stem beans more and more every day. So <clears throat> combine harvesting <laughs> problems and solutions. Regardless of the color combine that you have, they all have problems. <laughs> and just in the last year, I have been able to figure out the solutions. I've been harvesting since I was 12 years old. Dad put me on an ear corn picker when I came home from school, had a sheller on the back end of it, and I started learning about harvesting. And I have fought combines for 55 years, trying to get them to do what I want them to do. And no matter what I do, I always got chaff or I got pods or broken cobs or corn on the ground or whatever. And with the older conventional machines, we never had access, easy access to the concave or underneath the concave. With a rotary combine, we now can open the side panel and we can go in there and we can change out a few things. So 
we can talk about sieve settings, fan, rotor, all that kind of stuff. But if we miss the mark on concaves that are in positions one, two, and three, we're screwed. And not, and people call me on the phone, and Marion, I've got pods in the tank, I've got beans going out the back. Tell me which setting to change. <laughs> I said, I, I'm not. There's nothing you can do. It, we have to set the combine up before I get to the soybean field, not after I get to the soybean field. Okay, so one of the problems is pods in the sample. How many of you have ever seen that? That's good, you're normal no-tillers. <laughs> and then at the same time, we, we close the bottom sieve and we get high tailings, okay? The solution to that one is, is something I've showed before at this class, and they're called cover plates. These are not new. The guys that had old combines 50 years ago used cover plates. I read a book when I was 28 years old. He talked about cover plates for cutting wheat or cutting beans. We're gonna show you what they are, and they, they, they hold the pods so they can thresh. Chaff in the sample. How many of you ever looked in the tank and the stuff is lighter, lighter than the bean, and you're like, why in the hell didn't it blow out the back end of the combine? Because it's got to leave in the airstream. These are larger than the beans. These are smaller than the beans. These here are more of a threshing sieve problem. The chaff, it's all about air, all about air. And the reason is, is because there's too much chaff coming out of the rotor and it gets to the auger bed, the grain pan, and the top sieve, and then it overloads the chaffer. That phrase is in the owner's manual, but there's no picture. I'm like, well, what the hell's an overloaded chaffer? That's a pretty broad term. I have a picture, and I can show you a chaffer that's overloaded, and right next to it, I'll show you a chaffer that looks normal. So we've got too much chaff coming, escaping the rotor and mog, that's material other than grain. And so when we overload the cleaning system with way too much garbage, it doesn't need to be there. One size does not fit all. The concaves are open enough so that we can flow shell corn. 200, 250 bushel, 25% moisture. That takes an enormous volume. I'm cutting 70 bushel beans. They're 12, 13%. And the stems and the fodder's going through the machine and it's dry. What happens when you grind up bean straw? It gets smaller. As it gets smaller, all of a sudden, it's starting to drop through the concave and it's overloading the cleaning system you would be surprised how much you have to close up that combine to keep the mog in the upper portion and just let the beans drop down. And, and, and we just learned this in the last two years and I just feel like an idiot some days. It's like, why didn't I pick that up? Now, if you've got um, sieve loss, that comes from the same thing. The mixture of soybeans and mog on the top sieve is too much and it overloads the chaffer and once that material becomes unairborne, it sits on that top sieve and it just walks it right on out the back of the combine. And it never, if it becomes unairborne at the beginning, it's never gonna get re-airborne because the, the, the highest airstream is always in the front and then it gets less and less as it moves through the back. 
So if it becomes unairborne right here, now it's just going to sit on that sieve and it's just going to shake it right on the back. And I saw it live one time when I was younger. We had an old red combine. We were on a hillside and I was walking along it and you could just see it. It was just shoveling shell corn out over that top sieve. So if you've got a red combine, we're also going to go into the separating area and we're going to put the slotted grates in to close up those openings and keep more of the mog in the upper portion and just allow beans to drop down through. All right, let's, let's roll along here. Green rotary combine, it's, it's a great machine. It took me two years to get it to do what I want it to do. And the other thing is I have some initials J-D-D-D-N-S. John Deere dealers don't know shit. <laughs> How'd I do? Anybody? <laughs> and I have another one. Well, we, we're going to go through the green people, and then we're going to go through the red people. The red people have the same thing. Case dealers don't know shit. <laughs> I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Source by Sound Agriculture. Welcome to a better source of fertilizer. Source from Sound Agriculture unlocks more of the nutrients already in your fields, so you can add less fertilizer while getting the yield you're counting on. By activating soil microbes, Source provides more of the existing nitrogen and phosphorus to your crops. It's such a solid backup plan, you'll probably find yourself wondering why Source wasn't the plan all along. Visit sound.ag to learn more. Now let's get back to the conversation. So this is the green rotor. It's a bullet rotor, um, tri-stream, variable stream, whatever. I'm not really fond of the bullet design. The red combine runs a, 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 a rotor that's the same diameter in the front as it is in the back. But we're right here. This right here, before we ever combine any corn or we combine any beans, the most important thing are the concaves. These are threshing concaves. This is position one, position two, position three. Now the green combine, these separating, I, we're fine with them. I like them, to be quite honest about it. So we're only gonna talk about positions one, two, and three. Okay, we've all seen this, pods in the tank. This is kind of the symptom. We think it's the problem. And we try to tighten the bottom sieve. And does it do us any good? And the answer is no, and here's why. That pod is smaller than the distance between those two bars. One size does not fit all crops. I have to laugh sometimes when I look at the parts that deer sells, but one combine, all crops, bullshit. We don't use the same plate to plant corn that we use to plant beans. You have to make a change. And what we're doing is adding these cover plates underneath here. If it fell through once, it goes into the auger bed, onto the sieve, down to the bottom sieve. We tighten the bottom sieve, and it comes back around, and it's called rethresh, tailings. <laughs> if the pod didn't thresh the first time, what the hell makes you think it's ever going to thresh on the second pass? Because the other thing is, the red and the green people, they don't drop the tailings in in section one, they drop it back at section two or section three, or position two or position three. So right down here on a John Deere monitor, 
There's sieve. Here's the combination. Uh, he, somebody needs to tell John Deere that's a straw walker, and they don't make those anymore. And they really, it really ought to have an emblem that looks like a rotor. I said, it's like, good God. So this would be considered rotor loss. And then here's the tailings right here. And you can see we got quite a few bars going on. So that's, that's the issue. That's what we see. So anyway, we use, I call them pod busting cover plates. It tells you what they do. And you put these underneath the concave. One of the problems we have when harvesting soybeans is that uh, we have pods in the grain tank. And uh, this is the real reason. It starts right here at the con concave. Um, the pod is small enough that it drops right between the, the round bar and then it goes down into the auger bed onto the top sieve, down to the bottom sieve, and we try to tighten and it never works. So anyway, no matter what you do, the pods are always going to drop right through. All right, you can change concaves, but I'm not going to do that when I'm switching from corn to beans. So they sell, <laughs> John Deere calls them wide. I'm sorry, gentlemen, you need to learn. These are called large wire concaves. These are called small wire concaves. And they've got the small, smaller yet for like clover and, and smaller crops. Anyway, these are pretty popular for wheat. Uh, these are what they would use for corn and beans. The problem is when I put this large wire in a green combine, it'll plug. I put this large wire in the red combine, it works just fine. We're still trying to figure that one out. So that's why John Deere is using round bars is to keep them from plugging in high moisture corn. So we have unthreshed pods right here. You can see it's wide open and uh, we put these cover plates on the back side to keep them from falling through. On the deer combine, I, I like 13 inches of cover plates. And we're going to make them for the OEM John Deere because I tried to buy them out of their book. You can't find them. Now, they make inserts, but they don't make cover plates. So retain those thresh pods. So here is now we're looking on the top side where all the grain comes. Right here, if the grain comes in and the pods are loose, they're going to drop through there. So that's why we cover this first 13 inches. This one right here, we take it to all the shows. It's got a piece of plexiglass over. This came right out of the combine. And you can see with a cover plate underneath it, these chambers fill. Once they fill, they create a mattress. And then we've got pods rubbing against pods. So one of the things that we see when we're cutting soybeans is uh, pods that, that show up in the grain tank and we all try to tighten the bottom sieve, doesn't do us any good. But the real problem starts right here on a, on a red combine with a large wire concave is that the, the pod is smaller than the opening and so they just fall right on through and they never get threshed out. So when I go from corn to beans, uh, we add in this white cover plate down here underneath and what it does is retains the pods. Uh, to be thrashed. So, so as we, we dump these, uh, you, you can see how these pods are falling right through. But on this side over here, they're going to have to rub until they thresh out. Um, and then once we get them threshed out, then it's a lot easier to blow the hulls out and the beans go right in the grain tank. So uh, our solution uh, for pods in the tank is to add these cover plates underneath a uh, large wire concave. The next thing, I'm busy switching from corn to beans. Do they go in relatively easy? And the answer is yes. It, it, you, you, I, we, we carry a leaf blower with us. We blow off the combine, pop the side shield open, and then it goes underneath. It hooks on the right-hand side, an over-center snap on the left-hand side. It's, it's pretty quick. I have been running cover plates for 20, 25 years. I cannot cut beans without them. 
So now we get some nice clean beans up in the tank and we all feel better. All right. So how about those green beans? How many have ever been by a waterway or a creek or behind the trees? And those suckers are still just as green as they were on the 4th of July. But you say they're 10% out on the flat. I'm going to cut the field because I ain't coming back. And I, I'm no different than anybody else. I got a few pods here in the tank and this isn't a great, but if you were able to see this, this is just yellow, green, yellow, green in here. And I just finished going around the waterway. There's the green lima beans. Uh, and people have taught me over the phone, these are called butter beans, and then these are dry beans, and they're all mixed together. But you, you notice, for the most part, my tank's pretty clean. The monitor was reading 30% moisture when I went around that waterway, and we blend them in. The other thing I will tell you is when you're cutting these 30% beans to blend, do not shove them to the top of the whopper hopper, because <laughs> it just grinds them all up into mush. But you can, you know, at least until you get to the top of the uh, waterfall. All right, hulls in the chaff. Uh, now we have something, this is lighter than the beans. Why didn't it blow out in the airstream? Uh, it, it's, it's baffling. So these are round bars uh, that the green folks have. And again, one size does not fit all. This gap is too wide. And the, the chaff, the short straw, the hulls, all of that stuff is ground up when you cut beans. And so when it gets to this, it's wide enough to drop all the shell corn, but it's way too wide and it drops all that mog. I don't want it in the cleaning system. I don't need it in the cleaning system. All it does is screws the hell out of things. So here it is. And I took this photo, I really didn't know, but you can't really see it up in here, but there's a pretty high volume of material. This is a kill stop. And right here, the soybeans and the mog are mixed together. And when it dropped off of the green pan onto the top chaffer, it became unairborne because the volume of air is not high enough to handle that much mog. Becomes unairborne. Once it's unairborne, it's going to stay unairborne. And now in this scenario right here, every time it shakes, it just shakes it right on out the back of the combine. It walks it right out the back of the combine. The sensors on the top sieve are over here in the lower left-hand corner, and it picks that up. And I'm getting sieve loss, and I'm getting chaff in the tank, and I'm like, what in the hell is going on? This, on a kill stop, this is what it's supposed to look like. You're supposed to be able to see some of the louvers, and this should only be one or two holes deep, because when the airstream died during the, kill, the rolling kill stop, when the airstream dies, that material just drops straight down. And it's just, I don't know why it took me 55 years to figure all this out. Now, if I'm a John Deere guy, here's the sieve loss. You know, I got a lot of sieve loss. Combination. Over here, this is rotor loss. I got no rotor loss. But over here, look at that. Freaking tailings. And I'm like, why is all that crap in the tank? It shouldn't be there. I had a guy call me on the phone last fall. <laughs> Mary and I got an S780, it's a 45 foot draper. And he said, the tank looks like crap. I got the top sieve wide open. I've got the bottom one shut and I've got the fan wide open. And he said, they're going on the ground and it looks like, and he said, I'm gonna stop. Well, he made the problem worse by opening the top sieve because now he's really letting the mog down in there. And it, the, the whole cleaning system got overloaded. So they, 
they, they have some inserts that we're going to use right here. These I don't like because this gap is too small for the bean and this gap is too small for the bean. So this material is moving at 64 mile an hour. There's a lot of centrifugal force and we're trying to force that bean through here and what it'll do is split it, but it does retain the pods. Here is a, a, a look at the material that's coming through the machine and you can see there's the round bar, here's the insert, round bar, here's an insert. And what it does is holds the unwanted stuff up there in the rotor where it should be, for God's sakes. And you, you, I tell you, you're not going to believe how much we've got to close up the openings in those three chambers. One of the other problems we have with the John Deere combine is the, uh, the, the fluffy trash ends up in the tank, the, the holes and the lighter stuff. And the reason is it starts right here at the round bar concave. Uh, these openings are wide enough that allowing shell corn to drop, but it's kind of a liability when I'm cutting beans because I've got a lot of excessive mog. And so it drops here and you don't have to do much to get it to, to fall on through. And now we're unnecessarily overloading uh, the cleaning system. So it's into the uh, auger bed onto the top sieve and there's just not enough air there. And so we end up just walking the, um, everything right on out the, the back end of the combine because it's uh, overloaded, the chaffer's overloaded. So our solution is the, uh, the mod limiters that we have are quarter wrap. And so uh, they are uh, wide enough uh, so that the, the beans um, will fall on through, uh, but the, uh, the mod uh, stays up here on top and then it goes out the rotor where it should be and it doesn't end up overloading the cleaning system. And we end up with a nice clean sample. Uh, we don't have sieve loss and we don't have high tail. At this point in the presentation, Marion takes questions from the audience. The first is, what number is the concave you just mentioned on? This is concaves that are in positions two and three. Cover plates and under number one and under two and three, we're putting these inserts in there and we call them quarter wrap inserts because like you said, is it easy to switch from corn to beans? And believe me, my guys are pounding us every day. We, we want this to be simple. You pop the combine open, you slip this in from one side, snap it up, it's got a J-bolt over center latch and you move on to the next one. Now, the other thing you'll notice is that there's an air gap here and then this insert is up against the bar. So we believe we're the first ones that have invented a concept of MOG limiting. These inserts are used for that, so we filed for a U.S. patent on this concept, and it really works. So all three of those concaves have to have changes when we go from corn to beans. The rest of the settings, once you fix this, <laughs> to state one of my employees' uh, comment over the phone last fall when we were running combines, he said, this thing is set up so well, he said, I couldn't screw it up if I tried. And, and that's what I like. I'm, I'm smiling when I'm running the combine. It's easy to adjust the sieves and the rotor and everything else. But if I don't put cover plates on position one and I don't put MOG limiters in two and three, I'm screwed. Years ago, we, we started, I told an employee, I said, keep shoving in MOG limiters until you can show me some rotor loss. <laughs> At the end of the day, I said, how many did you get in? He said, I got them all way to the back. That's how much you have to close up those openings. One size does not fit all. So we call them quarter wrap mog limiter uh, inserts. They, they got self-aligning pins right here. The over center snap is back here. 
that we're going to have the same concept for red ones. Two pins go down in the bottom, and then you just put it right up in there. The other thing is the radius, um, you know, is a half circle, and it's just too damn hard, knuckle buster, to go all the way around to the other. So we put some of them in on the left side. We fill the left side, then go over and put them in on the right side. And they're lightweight. I'm getting older. I'm getting smarter. they got to be lightweight. It's got to be fast, and it's got to be effective. Again, I, I explained that's the problem. And once you put those MOG limiters in, then you've got so much less material down here. When you do a kill stop, it'll look like this. Clean beans. God, that makes me happy. I smile. I don't have to bury them in the semi. All right. Pods need cover plates in position one. Chaff, I need MOG limiters in positions two and three. And we're going to talk. And sieve loss. So on the green combine, once you shove these in there, then the top sieve, I can ease up on the air. I can open up the top sieve, and, and my sieve loss just goes to like nothing. How many bars should I run on the return? I, I would like not to see more than two or three. We are getting to the point um, where we can just about run the bottom sieve wide open when we're cutting beans. If they get a little damp, like late at night, I've got, I've got to close up that bottom sieve. Early in the morning, I've got to close up. But boy, during the driest part of the day, we got the bottom sieve wide open. And then the tailings really go to next to nothing. I'm going to keep moving. We all know about spreading. You want the chaff and the straw. You don't want any tram lines. But the most important thing is start on the downwind side of the field so that use Mother Nature's wind to help you get an even spread. Um, also, if you have a fire, it blows away from the, from the crop. I'm going to move on to the red one. I believe this is a legacy series. This is the first models that came out. Now they have the flagship. Same deal, same concept. So for you John Deere people, it'll be a little review. For the case people, it's just a different color of parts, but it's the same concept. Pods, and here's our monitor. Uh, it shows a lot of tailings. For those of you that run the red combine, you know by now it's beeping at you. <laughs> telling you that uh, you got too much tailings and that you got to change something. Um, again, the pods, they, if, if the openings for corn are large, they have to be because you're, you're dropping 4,000 bushels an hour. They got to be large openings and you've got to be able to get it through there. But when you cut beans, it's killing me. Uh, this is an asset for corn. It's a liability for beans and they drop right through. So and one so of the things we, that we see when we're cutting soybeans again. is uh, pods that, that show up in the green tank and we'll try to tighten the bottom sieve, doesn't do us any good. But the real problem starts right here on a, on a red combine with a large wire concave is that the, the pod is smaller than the opening and so they just fall right on through and they never get threshed out. So when I go from corn to beans, uh, we add in this white cover plate down here underneath and what it does is retains the pods. Uh, to be thrashed. So I'm going to show you here kind of a, uh, here's the problem and kind of the solution over here on this side. So as we, we dump these, uh, you, you can see how these pods are falling right through. But on this side over here, they're going to have to rub until they thrash out. Um, and then once we get them thrashed out, then it's a lot easier to blow the hulls out and the beans go right in the green tank. So uh, our solution uh, for pods in the tank is to add these cover plates underneath a uh, large wire concave. So this is position one, and on the red combine, this is about 12 inches across here. We use two plates, they're like five and a half inches wide. The green combine, this is 13 inches across here. Any quick questions?
Right. His question is, can we run the wheat combine, the concave, when we're cutting beans? And I can tell you, we've tried it. Um, the wires are too narrow, and it starts cracking. The bean, some of the beans will fall through, but the bigger lima beans, it, it just mushes the crap out of them. So I, I, can't, I can't go that way. This, for corn, we have to have these wires out in order to get enough shell corn. Basically, when you get in 250 to 300 bushel corn, it's like 25 to 30%. You just can't get it through there quick enough. So that's an asset for corn, but that's a liability for beans. So uh, we, I had one of the employees was running a 2388, and he had every other wire all the way to the back, and he was trying to cut beans. He had cover plates, and he was cutting beans, and he said, I can't clean the tank. I said, well, you got to put them freaking wires back in there, and he stuck them in there, and he said, oh, all the difference in the world. So we're going to hold the pods in this scenario, but then we're also going to limit the mog. So here it is on the red one. That's the problem. We need to cover that up put a cover plate 12 inches right here to hold those pods. Here's what it looks like. And, and uh, I, I, we actually just pull these out and examine this material down in here. And it's just ground up soybean hulls and it makes a mattress. You can see the beans here. We had a few pods and you rub them. And we will have this at the farm shows if you wanna come by um, this year, Louisville, wherever we might be. So anyway, I call this the solution. It's a mattress that's formed with the thresh pods. I call it. I call it a mattress with speed bumps. So that's my favorite term. Here's what it looks like in the, in the red combine. Here's position one, position two, position three. And under position one, we put these plates. It holds all the material, um, rub, it, rub it out, and then they'll fall in, in the next one. So now we can get our tailings down where it's a livable situation. Um, when, I, when they get a little green, I'll start to see this go up. When they're dry, I got next to nothing. I've been doing that for 20 some years. I, on, if it's the first or the second dry down on beans, I have to have 12 inches covered. If I'm on the third or the fourth dry down on beans, I can get by with just six inches. But most of the time I'm, I'm running two cover plates underneath there. You got it, 12, 13 inches needs, needs to be covered to get them to rub out. You'll bleed a little bit of horsepower, but it's not, it's not real noticeable. Um, I'd much rather do a nice job at three and a half than I would a shitty job at four. <laughs> the, the green, well, let me take that back. If you got a red combine, it slow you down. If you got a green one, just hammer down, you know, just keep. <laughs> All right, uh, low tailings, the hulls, same thing. These, these are these are okay for corn, but they're they're letting too much of the mog escape the chamber. And the other thing is I can't do, in this scenario, I can do nothing from the left-hand side of the combine. I can do nothing to stop the mog. And that's why we pull these out and we convert over to round bar in the red combine in positions two and three. Again, if there's too much mog coming out of the concaves, down into the auger bed, onto the grain pan, and the handoff is onto this top sieve, if there's too much, the other thing is the green people have deflectors on the floor of the airstream. They know that there's not quite as much air on the left side as there is in the center, or the right side is weak. So they, they have deflectors and they push air to the outer edges of that top sip. The red people do not. And I, I can tell you from the study, we unhook everything and then we stick our head up in the back end of that combine when it's running at full speed. 
and the shakers aren't moving. All we have is a fan running. Up here, from about here over to, to all the way to the other side, we have a lot of air. But back in here, you can lay a piece of paper on that sucker with the combine at full speed, and that piece of paper will not move. Interruptions in the airstream cause down drafts. We all know how airplanes fly because we change the atmospheric pressure and things start to go up and down. The bottom sieve is an obstruction in the airstream. And that's why we're focused on trying to get that bottom sieve out of the combine. Now the, the, the red one that I run that's corn only, it, it hadn't had a bottom sieve in it for years. And we just love it. Objects in the airstream disrupt it and cause downdrafts. So in some of these places here, you can, you can have a government flag, it'll blow it straight up here, pull it back here, and it'll actually suck it down onto the sieve. Same deal. We've got to hold the MOG in the chamber. We, got, we, we leave enough gap to drop the beans, but it's small enough that it won't allow the MOG. One of the other problems we see when we're cutting soybeans with a red combine or regardless of color is that the, these open pod holes will end up in the grain tank and we got the fan turned up and it doesn't seem to do any good. Well, this, this actual problem starts right here at the, at the concave. We're, we're using round bar here in our red combine. and. Uh, these openings are large enough that we use them in corn, and it's flowing the shell corn, which is great. Uh, but then it becomes a, a problem or a liability when we're cutting beans because this this mog unnecessarily is it it just falls right through there and it ends up in the auger bed, top sieve, down to bottom sieve. We get high tailings, but this this material here uh, will have a few beans in it. And it'll just take all of this material and just walk it right on out the back of the combine. It becomes unairborne. And uh, so our solution then is uh, we have these uh, quarter wrap uh, mod limiters that are white. So when I go from corn to beans, uh, we just snap these in there. And what they do is decrease the air gap between the two round bars. So now this mog is, is it's a lot more difficult to get it to fall through, uh, but they're wide enough. You can see that the, the soybeans are still gonna fall through, but we're gonna retain this mog and then it's gonna stay in the rotor chamber and, and go out the back of the combine where it, where it should. So anyway, uh, this is kind of the problem. The openings are too large. Our solution is some quarter wrap mog limiters uh, that reduce the sieve loss and we got a cleaner grain tank at the same time. In the red combine, we have a 3 8 square bar separating grate. That's fine for corn, but all the mog fell right through it when I'm cutting beans. Got a lot of tailings, a lot of garbage, a lot of holes uh, in the tank. So this is a slotted concave. It's a little tough to see because it's black, but here's one of the slots here. Kind of see it underneath here. Here's another slot over here. There's a slot right there. So it's a bar, a slot, a bar, a slot, a bar, a slot. These are slotted and they hold the mog in there. So one of the other problems we have with a red combine is, is when we go from corn to soybeans is we get these hulls that, that show up in the grain tank. And here's another area where they come from is the, uh, the 3 8 square bar. Um, it works really well for corn because large openings are dropping that shell corn out of there. But when I go to beans, uh, these hulls um, just unnecessarily drop down through here, then they eventually end up in the in the grain tank. On this side, uh, the the mog's going to fall on through. Uh, the the coarser straw is going to stay up here 
on, on top. But on this side over here, it retains a lot of the smaller material and it's, it's got a better chance to be able to retain some of those uh, hulls uh, so that they don't get into the auger bed, they don't get to the top sieve. If we allow too much smog, which is, in my opinion, is a liability, um, then that material becomes unairborne when it gets to the top sieve, and then it just gets walked right on out the back of the combine, especially on the right-hand side or the left-hand side of the machine. By limiting uh, the MOG with this, um, our uh, uh, slotted, um, then it stays in the rotor area and goes right on out the, the back end of the machine. So um, we believe that this is kind of a problem, and I swap all three of these uh, in the red combine. Uh, this is a, a kind of a problem, and we believe that this is a solution, and, and I get just a beautiful sample when I cut beans because that mog stays up here on top where it falls through. Well, here's what it looks like in the red combine. These aren't real heavy, and there's just two bolts, and we V out the opening on the other side because you can't see it, and they self-align, and they go back in a lot easier. And so uh, uh, two bolts, yank out the ones from corn. We put, the, we put in number four, number five, and then lastly, we put in uh, number six. And uh, I, we used to run two slots and one uh, three-eighths. That was too much mog. And last year, again, I just learned this stuff just last fall. We went to all three of them. They're, they look a little big, but remember that material's moving at 64 miles an hour coming around there. And so we're, we're relying on centrifugal force, um, but also we have to have a longer look at the hole at 64 mile an hour in order to give that bean a chance to get low enough here in the chamber that it'll, it'll fall out. But the main objective here is, is to keep the unwanted stuff in the rotor and it goes out there. And we only want to let the beans drop down in here. And it, it just, you know, after it, it, and after 55 years, I'm just like, God, how come I didn't think of this sooner? The other thing on the red combine, we can adjust, these are called transport veins. They, they're in the arc up there between uh, the nine o'clock and the 12 o'clock position. You loosen up these bolts and you slide the bottom to the left, the top goes to the right, and it speeds up or accelerates the speed at which the material is going through the combine. And that also will limit the amount of material that drops down onto that sieve. Thanks to Marion Calmer for today's conversation. For a video and transcript of this podcast, go to no-tillfarmer.com slash podcasts. Many thanks to Sound Agriculture for helping to make this no-till podcast series possible. From all of us here at No-Till Farmer, I'm Michaela Faulkner. Thanks for listening.